This hour of Neil Sperry's Texas Gardening is presented by Baylor Scott and White Health. Neil and everyone here would like to thank all the good folks on the front line, the ones we see and the ones we don't see. We appreciate your hard work, keeping us healthy and hopeful in these tough times. And now here's Neil. All right, Stuby, thank you very, very much. Indeed, we thank them. And uh, we are ready to get the second hour of the program underway. Let me give you the phone numbers, first of all, because I have not done that for a few minutes, half an hour or so. It is 800-288-WBAP. Need to refill the lines now. Need to replenish the supply. And uh, need... uh, need to fill them up again. 800-288-9227. We have Aaron in uh, Marlin. We're going to finish up that uh, question on the Burr Oaks in just a moment, but uh, I ran out of time at the uh, end of the last hour. Uh, I have my SPCA of Texas dog first, and then we'll get uh, get back to the calls. But uh, please do call now. Don't call at the end of this hour and say, well, I never can get through. You can get through right now if you call. Mike Bass is running the boards and answering the phones and 800-288-9227. Today's SPCA of Texas dog is Andy. Andy is a sweet one-year-old Labrador retriever mix with his floppy ears, black and white patches, and big brown eyes, it's hard not to fall in love at first sight. He really is a lovely dog and just a happy-looking dog. Andy came to the SPCA of Texas from a cruelty case, however, and because of his rough past, he was very shy and timid around people at first. Over time, however, he's really warmed up to the staff. He has shown what a gentle, loving boy he is. He still needs to work on building his confidence, so he's looking for a patient family who will work with him on his social skills. And he is a calm, affectionate boy once he gets to know you, and he'll make a wonderful, lifelong companion. The SPCA of Texas asks that you bring all family members to meet him so everybody can get acquainted before you take him home. He would love to meet any potential canine companions as well. Andy is waiting to meet you at the Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center in Dallas. To request an appointment to meet Andy, please visit spca.org/adopt. spca.org/adopt. Just like all the pets at the SPCA of Texas, Andy has been neutered, microchipped, and he's had all of his age-appropriate vaccines. He's waiting for his new forever family at the SPCA of Texas, Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center, at 2400 Lone Star Drive at I-30, west of Hampton Road. The Jan Reese Jones Animal Care Center is open for adoptions every day from noon until 6. Animals are available by walk-in on a first-come, first-served basis. Appointments are also available for select animals. They invite you to browse the SPCA of Texas available animals at spca.org slash findapet. One word, spca.org slash findapet. Visit spca.org slash dogadopt to inquire about a dog or spca.org slash catadopt to inquire about a cat. This is Andy the sweet one-year-old Labrador Retriever mix. Hope we can get Andy adopted. He's a great dog, and he deserves something very, very special. Gardeners know how much work it takes to keep a garden happy and healthy, and I'd like to take some time to talk about another group of incredibly hardworking people. These are the ones who keep us healthy and happy. There are beloved healthcare workers who are out there on the front line. They have the hardest job of all, and we owe each and every one of them a giant thank you. Thank you for never giving in. Thank you for never settling for good enough. It's not easy to protect us from COVID, but we see you showing up every day and giving every ounce of your energy. And to you, my listener, Remember that there are plenty of ways that you can show your appreciation to the front line. They're simple. Get vaccinated. Wear your mask. Those are great ways to show your support and share those messages on social media. One more big thank you to Baylor Scott & White Health, especially to the front line people for all that you do to keep us all safe. Thank you. Maintaining a garden isn't easy, but it's nothing compared to what healthcare workers are facing. We join Baylor Scott and White Health in saying thank you to the front line. Thank you for working hard every day and for going all in to protect all of us. And now, back to Neil. 
All right, Stubby, thank you very much. And uh, we go back to our phone lines now. This uh, hour is sponsored by Baylor Scott and White Health. And uh, we go back to Aaron from Marble Falls. We're going to uh, take a, a, a little more time on that burr oak question. The favor I'm going to ask you now for the second hour. Um, all of the questions in the first hour, we had one Yopon Holly question. Everything else, I believe, was live oaks. Maybe no more live oak questions. We'll, we'll tackle other trees, other things. Uh, we'll finish up with uh, Aaron's burr oak question. Maybe we'll stay away from live oaks this hour. Aaron, I, I got really off track right at the end there because I heard my music playing and I'm like Pavlov and his dogs. It uh, caused me to, to go into, gosh, I got to finish this up. Um, I don't know how far along I, I was on my answer to you. A burrow tree that's six feet tall and that might have gotten a little bit too dry uh, will rebound. Uh, if it had the leaves eaten off it, it will rebound. I was, I know where I was. I was going to tell you that if it had the leaves eaten off, uh, it will rebound. Just keep the trees moist through the wintertime. Don't let them go dry. Since they don't have any leaves, it'll be harder to tell that they're uh, dry. Just feel that soil every couple of weeks or a week, uh, every week, and, and uh, water them deeply if, it, if you don't get rain. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate that. I had a couple more questions. I had at least one more question for you. Is there anything that I need to, I mean, do you need to fertilize them during the winter? No, not until spring. Just, just just a good lawn food on them about uh, where you are south of DFW an hour, hour and a half. I would uh, fertilize them about uh, probably the, the 1st to the 15th of March with a good lawn fertilizer. Just make sure it does not have any kind of weed killer in it. Okay, okay. Well, I got one more question for you. Yeah, if it's, if it's on that topic, question? don't change topics on me, though. Yes, sir. No, yep. sir, it is. It, it's on the topic. What I've been doing is I've been sprinkling just a little bit of Epsom salt around it and watering it in. Is that is that good or should Nothing I? Nothing I would that? recommend. I I don't know that that's anything it needs. I think that's pretty much a waste of time. Okay. But but uh, water okay. is by far more important. Hey, I appreciate your call very very much. Thank you, sir. Be uh, safe. Take care. All right, we will come back and go to James and Sulphur Springs. A pecan question. And uh, actually, uh, a question about a pecan in Tarrant County, Gary in Arlington. And we're going to be talking about crepe myrtles. So that's good. And uh, that frees up a line if you'd like to call. Love to hear from you. 800-288-WBAP, 800-288-9227. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. This is the Christmas sale. Here's the gist of it. I'm trying to get the orders in earlier so I don't get caught at the last minute with 2,000 uh, books to sign in two weeks and then worrying about the Christmas rush. So here is uh, here is the offer. Uh, through November 15th, first book, thirty six ninety five. Second and third books shipped at the same time to the same address, $31, almost a $6 per book savings. That's a real deal for you. You go to my website, you'll see it there. That's what I need to, need to make sure you know. So if you're interested in saving the most I've ever offered as a discount, it's there for you now through November 15. And this is the perfect gift for anybody who enjoys gardening or who wants to save time and energy in gardening. Uh, this is the book with 344 pages, 840 of my best photos, hardback, printed on high-quality paper, printed in Texas. So it has earned the right to call itself Lone Star Gardening. It covers everything about outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. Again, only $36.95 for the first book. That's a bargain. But the second and third book shipped to the same mailing address, only $31 each. The perfect Christmas gift, and I sign every copy as it sells. Go to the website today and order it, neilsperry.com. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. You can call my office Monday through Friday if you need to, but uh, the office is not doesn't have a, a person answering the phone every moment of every day, so I'll warn you of that. It's 800 grow G-R-O-W. The better way is to order it at neilsperry.com. Hello, friends. This is Tommy Brummett, pastor of First United Methodist Church in downtown McKinney, inviting you to join us for worship. You can join us in person in McKinney and in Melissa, or join us online. 
Find out all options at sharingtheheart.org. First United Methodist Church, where the love of God is proclaimed and everyone is welcome. Thank you, Tommy, very much. That's our church, and I'm proud to offer that message at no charge, obviously, to my church. We hope you'll join us at our church, First United Methodist Church, downtown McKinney, sharingtheheart.org. Let me tell you about Ace Hardware right now and try to uh, entice you and encourage you to get into Ace Hardware. Uh, my wife and I have been visiting several Ace Hardware stores in the last few days. And my goal is to get to all 30 of them. Uh, it won't happen in a week. That's a lot of stores. They all join together to sponsor my radio broadcasts, and I am grateful for that. October is Fire Safety Month at Ace Hardware Stores. Stop by your locally owned. Now, hear that. That's a very important two-word phrase. Locally owned North Texas Ace Retailer. These are owned by people in your neighborhood, people in your community. To find a great deal on First Alert, two-and-a-half-pound household fire extinguishers, just twelve ninety-nine with your Ace Rewards card, the regular price twenty-four ninety-nine. That's how they uh, recognize Fire Safety Month of October at Ace Hardware. They help you prepare uh, to, to protect yourself against fire. Just twelve ninety nine with your Ace Rewards card for what would be twenty four ninety nine. Limit of two. It's the first alert two and a half pound household fire extinguisher. It's ideal for use in any household location. This multi-purpose extinguisher fights wood, paper, fabric, flammable liquid, and electrical fires. Durable metal head is designed to meet demanding household requirements. If the unit is used, it can be recharged by a certified professional. It includes a mounting bracket to keep the unit secure. There's a 10-year limited warranty. Ace stores are parts of our neighborhoods, each owned by a member of the community. Local experts with trusted advice you can rely on. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Gardeners are all about keeping plants healthy and protected, and the same should go for our loved ones. Together with Baylor Scott & White Health and the hardworking healthcare front line, we urge you to get the shot, mask up, and stay safe. And remind your family and friends to do the same. And now, back to Neil. Thanks, Subi. And back to the phone lines, we have James and Sulphur Springs. James, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Can you hear me okay? Oh, perfectly, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually going to church in Sulphur Springs, but my home is in Benbrook, southwest okay. Tarrant County. The soil there um, is 28 inches of black clay-like soil before you reach several inches of caliche, and I got a pecan tree from Walmax that had a five-foot taproot, so I spent four days punching through the caliche with a sledgehammer and chisel so I could get the taproot to extend all the way down. Um, my question is, the tree is now three years in that position. It looks healthy, but it's not growing a lot. And I'm wondering, should I be adding zinc or should I be adding anything to that soil or did I make a mistake in going below the caliche for the taproot? Um, how tall was the tree when you planted it? I uh, cut it back to about three, three and a half feet. Perfect. Boy, That you could not have answered me any better. doesn't matter how tall it was, you cut it back to three and a half feet, and that's perfect. Good. Um, no, you don't add zinc to the soil. You add it to the foliage, and that that wouldn't hurt. There's a good possibility of, of pecan rosette, uh, not to be not to send the same chill up your spine that rose rosette does. It's not a virus. It's a zinc deficiency in pecans. Uh, that would be done in the growing season to to spray the foliage with with zinc. Um, I, this is not rosette though. It's probably just the tree trying to get started uh you have how much 24 inches of black soil 24 to 28 inches of black soil above the collegiate okay it would be better if you had had a, a spot that had deeper soil uh, but that is enough to get it started and i don't think that's why it has stalled i think it just needs probably needs more water and more nitrogen um, on a regular basis. I haven't asked you how often you've done either of those, uh, so I really kind of stepped out on a on thin ice on that one by saying that, but but that's usually when a, a new tree is, is not taking off very well. That's usually the reason. 
Uh, what you did sounds heroic. I, I would have trimmed the taproot. I, I don't think I would have gone to all that <laughs> effort. I don't think I could have. So, but you, what you did sounds fine, and and I would just right. I would sit tight. Now, one other question I will ask though, because it is pertinent: when you planted the tree, is there any chance that the bud union um, and and the base of the tree sank down into the planting hole so that the tree is too deep? Is there any chance that that might have happened? Initially, it looked like that, so I dug it out to make sure that it was clear of the uh, clear of the ground. All right. Did you did you, if it if it did sink in? Did you raise it or what did you do? I just dug the soil out. It All formed right. a. It's got kind of a bowl around it now as a result. But a well. It's, it's clear. It, it's clear of the ground. All right. So it has a well. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. That probably is okay. It would have been better maybe to have lifted it up, but after a couple, three, four years, you don't want to do that. Okay, I, I think I think you've done everything you can do. The uh, nitrogen and water come spring, well, water always, and uh, nitrogen in, in spring and early summer, and maybe zinc. Uh, I, you're years away from needing to uh, spray with zinc. It's going to have to be up over your head before you need to be spraying with zinc. It's over. It's a little over seven feet tall now with a good canopy, but uh, it just seemed to me like it ought to be growing faster. Well, it's a pecan. They don't grow fast. <laughs> yeah, water and nitrogen will help it grow quickly, as quickly as it's capable. So That's anyway, just what I needed to know. <laughs> yeah, appreciate your call. Take care, James. Thank Bye. you. Let me go to Gary in Arlington now. Gary, this is Neil. Good morning. Well, good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, if you're on a speakerphone, could you get on a regular phone? There we go. Speaker's off. There you go. That's much better. Thank you. Okay, sure. Uh, what I did was I bought a couple of crepe myrtles that were in one-gallon containers. These these are the uh, the new variety with the black leaves and the okay. white flowers. Okay. I trans- transplanted them into larger containers containers, garden using uh, potting soil and such, and now all the leaves have fallen off both plants. Now, part of the problem might be that they didn't get enough sun. One of them was in a somewhat sunny location. Another one was, was in a very shady location. One of them is starting to come back with some leaves after I continue to water and fertilize. The other one is still bare bones. All right, well, you can tell on Mr. Bare Bones if it's going to come back by scratching the bark or by uh, the, the tiny bark or by bending it gently. And if it's dry and brittle, then it has died back to that point, and you can see if it's died back to the ground or not. Usually they'll come back. They may come back from down low close to the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. My, uh, if, if you had two and one was in a darker area and the other one was in more light, and both of them lost their leaves, then the lack of light is not the cause, because if it were, then only one would have lost its leaves. So that's my uh, that's my incredible uh, amount of research on this <laughs> on this uh, problem. Well, so, like I, I said, yeah. one of them was in uh, partial sign, the other one was in mostly shade. And did both of them drop their leaves? Yes. All right, so the, the light has nothing to do with it, because they both did. Uh, drop their oh, leaves. Second, uh, okay. second thought would be that uh, before they were repotted, they may have gotten too dry, um, mm-hmm. and that will cause them to shed a bunch of leaves. It may be mm-hmm. that the one that is bare bones is the one that was in more light, and it got dry faster and got drier, therefore, mm-hmm. and and so it it uh, it may have been hurt more. I'm I'm making a lot of guesses. Uh, powdery mildew also will cause leaves to drop, and there are some of the 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 dark leafed. Uh, varieties uh, that have been brought into the marketplace uh, without a lot of testing for powdery mildew resistance. When mm-hmm. uh, when Don Egoff did his heroic work at the National Arboretum and introduced the 29 varieties that have the Indian tribal names, uh, and, and none of them has, uh, uh, has, has black leaves or purple leaves, uh, but he was, that was the first thing he tested was for powdery mildew, anything uh, that had powdery mildew on it was thrown out or, or at least saved for breeding work but never introduced. 
um, the newer uh, hybrids, uh, some of the growers just introduce them because they have beautiful leaves and, and, and nice contrasting flowers, but they may not have mildew resistance, and mildew, uh, powdery mildew will knock the leaves off. So it could be that mm-hmm. as well. But uh, just wait and see how they, how they uh, offer to come back either the next uh, three or four weeks or next spring. If it gets really cold this winter, even anywhere, not not like February, but uh, anywhere down into the low 20s, you ought to set them into the garage uh, and, until it warms up three or four days later. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, the one that's bare bones, you mentioned, uh, you know, checking the br- uh, brittleness of the branches. Yes, sir. If I, if I cut it back all the way to, to where it might still be tender, Will that help it come back? Will, will, will that well, if, it, if, the, if the twig or the, the stalk is is brittle and dead, then uh-huh. trimming it back is doesn't matter. Uh, if you didn't uh-huh. trim it, it would still branch out. If it if it has live tissue, let's say, let me just arbitrarily say that the thing is four feet tall, and that uh-huh. the top uh, uh, thirty inches have died. Um, mm-hmm. If you trim off the top 30 inches, it will sprout out below that 30 inches down at mm-hmm. the bottom. And if you don't trim that off, it will still branch out at the very same location. Doesn't make any difference. You're just oh, getting so the, you're getting the dead wood out of the way just to make it look better. No, oh, so it doesn't take any stress off of it to get rid of the dead branches. It, maybe it's trying to keep them alive or anything. It no, if they're not alive, it has nothing to try to keep alive. You're just I see. Cleaning it okay. up. Yeah. So, is there any, anything else I can do to, to just water, bring water, these and protection from the cold? That's all you do between now and springtime. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you so right. much for your help. Thanks for the and call. Good one, luck one with it. One last thing about one last thing about powdery mildew. I've got a full grown one in the front that seems to have powdery mildew on it. Is that going to ruin that plant? Or no, or it, it never did. Like in that? the two hundred years that we grew them before. Uh, 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 Dr. Egoff uh, did all this work. Um, it didn't kill them. It just it very often would ruin the first round of blooms, but they would bounce okay. back and and uh, bloom the second, third times if if people would refrain from topping. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not something we want. And and his uh, introduction of resistant varieties was very much appreciated. But no, it's mm-hmm. not going to kill them. So, so do I need to do anything yeah, to that? Uh, not at front? this point. There are fungicides you can use. Uh, to uh, to stop it, but that would be a, a May and June thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got to run. I appreciate your call, Gary, very very much. Okay. Go. All right. I am looking at Joe in Little Elm, New Zoysia sod, looking beautiful, but starting to get brown mottled spots. Joe, I don't want to tackle that before the news. That could turn into a couple minute answer, and I, I need to need to get to Dennis. So stay with me, and then Lori and Carrollton with a retaining wall question. I can. Oh, I need to help you. Don't leave. Uh, Let me tell you right now about uh, Sunburst Shutters. Let me encourage you to call Sunburst Shutters. First of all, you will be received by wonderful people. They are really nice people. That is important to me. When I have a sponsor, they have to be good people or I don't want them. I don't want you to be... uh, to be encountering uh, unpleasant people when you when you work with my advertisers and sunburst shutters couldn't be nicer Uh, secondly i want a quality product when i refer you to a product and it doesn't get any better than sunburst shutters these are fabulous we have them at our home we've had them for i think 10 or 11 years i wish i I knew the exact date but my god Goodness, they're beautiful. They are functional. They are energy efficient. They are made of poly wood, P-O-L-Y, which is a man-made material proprietary to sunburst shutters. It uh, looks like wood, but it isn't wood. It doesn't crack or warp or split or peel, um, but yet it looks like the highest quality wood shutters you've ever seen. Uh, you can operate them with one finger. They, they are that uh, perfect. They are custom made to fit any opening in your house. And uh, so that is another reason that they are so energy efficient and so light blocking. When you have them shut, 
it is dark in there, and that's nice, and that keeps the heat out in the summertime and the and the cold out in the wintertime. Sunburst shutters. Take a look at them on their website. You'll see why I get so excited. Sunburstshutters.com. They're also available in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, and Waco, and all over North Texas. Sunburstshutters.com. Call for an appointment for them to come to your home and bring samples to hold up in your windows and then take measurements and tell you what it would cost to have sunburst shutters in your windows. You will be so happy with them. 214-343-2601. Sunburstshutters.com. 214-343-2601. Sunburst Shutters. It's the stuff. You behave and you listen to the police when they tell you what to do. People are talking about. 99% of this stuff wouldn't even happen. News Talk 820 WBAP. WBAP.com. Neil Spray's eGardens, my free electronic newsletter, comes from my computer to your email. You have to sign up for it by going to my website. You can also see what it looks like at my website. Uh, there always is the most recent issue of it there archived waiting for you. And uh, you'll say, you know what, I do want to subscribe to that. That looks like something that would be very handy for me. That's uh, how 77,000 people have gotten it. Go to neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on the eGardens tab. There always are five stories. One is a featured plant of the week. One is a featured question of the week. One is gardening this weekend where I point out the most critical tasks for that weekend. And then a couple of other questions. I think you'll like it. I hope you will. I would love to have you join the 77,000 people who get it each Thursday evening. I'll never spam you, nor will I ever give or sell your email address to anyone. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. 99 years serving DFW. Trending now. Trending now on WBAP. And WBAP.com. President Biden says he's working for passage of his two major pieces of legislation. I'm Dennis Martin at the WBAP 24-7 News Desk. ClassicChevrolet.com, WBAP first traffic and weather on the ones. An accident still has only the number one and number two lanes open on eastbound I-30 where it meets Loop 12, Walton Walker. Constructions closed east and westbound I-30's HOV lanes between Center Street and President George Bush Turnpike. And construction affects Highway 121, the Sam Rayburn Tollway. Both directions between Central Expressway and Denton Tap Road. For WBAP's first traffic on the ones, I'm Dennis Martin. Now the WBAP forecast. Clearing skies and pleasant today. The high should hit 86 degrees. Tomorrow's going to be very similar. Sunny, breezy, pleasant, 85. Right now, lots of sunshine, 70 degrees. President Joe Biden's acknowledging frustrations as Democrats strain to rescue a scaled-back version of his $3.5 trillion government overhaal plan and salvage a related public works bill. The president told reporters, everybody's frustrated. That's part of being in government. Days of negotiations in the past week simply could not advance those bills. The family of a child who died from a rare brain-eating amoeba likely contracted at an Arlington splash pad, is now pursuing legal action. Arlington Mayor Jim Ross says the city takes full responsibility. We absolutely failed. We shut down all of our splash pads. We messed up. We screwed up and we own it. Ross says the city didn't meet its own maintenance standards and its mandatory daily water inspections were not done. I'm Dennis Martin. Next up news update will be at 10 o'clock. Check back several times throughout your day and stay informed with News Talk 820 WBAP 99.5 FMHD2 and WBAP.com. Thank you, Dennis, very, very much. Let me tell you about Whiskey Stone. Let me just tell you about these folks. I've known them for 30 years or longer, and I have admired what they do. 
I have really admired what they do. I uh, watched Mike Wisnan bring Stone in when we had the All Texas All Garden Show at the Arlington Convention Center. He brought that Stone in for exhibitors that I had in my garden show, and and uh, he had his young five- or six-year-old son with him, and the exhibitors were so thrilled to have him bring that stone in for their displays. And I thought, you know, anybody that's that nice and is that nice with his young son, i got to go see his uh, his stone yard because I have a uh, – I love stone in a landscape. You don't have a landscape finished until you have stone. When I went to see their 22 acres, oh, my goodness, it was like a kid in a candy shop. I loved what I saw, and I love talking about it. Whiskey Stone, 22 acres of every possible kind of stone. Whether you want retaining walls, whether you want, uh, whether you're trying to put in a patio or uh, maybe a uh, a wall of stone. Don't talk about walls of stone very often, but oh my goodness, talk about something for permanence. Or maybe it's a fountain, or you need decorative gravel or decorative river rock. Whatever it is that you want, they have it at Whiskey Stone. They go to quarries all over the Southwest and into Mexico and all around to buy this beautiful stone. And they can deliver anywhere you can hear me. If you don't know how to install, we'll say, a retaining wall, they have landscape contractors who know how to do that. So it'll remain vertical and, and safe. Oh, they are the best. Whiskey Stone, highly connected within the nursery and landscaping industry at a leadership level. They're the best. I've said it three times now. They're at 4501 East Loop 820 South in southeast Fort Worth. They're open Monday through Saturday, 4501 East Loop 820 South in southeast Fort Worth, 817-429-0822, 817-429-0822, whiz-q.com. That's whiz-q.com for WhizQ Stone. You don't just want your garden to grow. You want it to flourish, much like our hopes for living in a world without COVID. Let's join Baylor Scott and White Health in saying a big old thank you to the front line. They're doing what it takes to keep hope flourishing, and we need that now more than ever. And now, back to Neil. All right. Thank you, Stuby. And I do have one more ad I need to tell you about, and that's Wortham Brothers Roofing Company. And uh, they are Texas' premier roofing contractor, serving the entire Metroplex with the finest in roofing since 1986. They have done tens of thousands of roofs, one roof at a time. Our roof got counted in that list, one roof at a time. And beautiful roofs they do. They, uh, they, they did our roof very punctually and very carefully with the highest quality composition roofing that uh, could be found. I, you know, I say that, and uh, they, they gave us the maximum value for the amount of insurance money plus some extra that we put in. Uh, that's, that's what I'm talking about. They'll work with you and whatever insurance settlement you get from your insurer. If you have storm damage, we had hail damage and I didn't know it. Frankly, we weren't home when the hail storm came through and it didn't do damage to our trees. Um, or maybe it was from a prior hailstorm. I don't know, but uh, they really helped us. We had begun to develop some leaks in our ceilings, and I thought, this is not good. And uh, Wortham Brothers came out, and the biggest problem was with flashing, not so much with the roof itself, with the with the uh, uh, shingles themselves. But they uh, they are really good about diagnosing the problems and getting them solved. They have dealt with them all. I know in their in their tenure. That's uh, thirty. Uh, was that thirty five years of putting great roofs in place. All kinds, slate, metal, clay and concrete tile, and certainly composition roofs, new and re-roofing, and uh, both commercial and residential. So have your roof inspected. There's no charge for it, and uh, you'll feel so much better. And having Wortham Brothers on site, that's the best it gets. 972-562-5788. 972-562-5788. On the web, it's wbroofing.com. Wortham Brothers Roofing Company. Now we're ready to go back to the phone lines, and we go to Joe in Little Elm. Joe, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you this morning? Okay, I've got a Zoysa sod lawn that I put in about four months ago. The lawn's been just absolutely dark, green, beautiful, thick. You walk on it, it's almost like walking on a sponge. 
in the last 10 days or so, it's starting to brown out and, and model out in different areas. And I don't know if that would be a fungus or anything else. And uh, I need to see what you can come up with on that. I don't know either uh, without seeing it. What, uh, what can you tell me about uh, anything common from one area that's browning to another area that's browning? Are there any common no, features? It's, it's not all over area. It's like in areas that is browning out. And as I pulled up clumps of it, like at the roots, and I looked at it, like 50% of the blades of grass were just brown, dried, dead. And there All are right. others then that are green and looking vibrant. So All right, let me ask you some very, yeah, hang on, hang on. Sure. Let me ask you some very specific questions um, so that I can get uh, uh, some facts that I hope will help me. Uh, how large are the, and, and just short answers, how large are the browned areas? Well, some of them are like two feet in diameter. All right. And when you pull on the blades, do they come loose easily from the uh, from the the, the short runners? Uh, no, they seem to be attached. All right, they offer resistance. So yes. they are not they are not decayed down at the bases of the leaves. No. All right, that rules out the disease called brown patch, which will hit zoysia. It's uh, very common in St. Augustine. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Have, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Joe, I'm going to have to uh, at some point say I don't know if I, if I get to that point. I'm going to try my best, but without, uh, without seeing it, it's going to be very difficult. Is, How is far apart are I these? Email, is there a place I can email some pictures to you? You're, no, there isn't. With a macro lens? The, there is not. I don't need a macro lens. I, I can't do. Uh, I can't do any kind of culturing from a macro lens. I, I, I don't do culturing. Uh, the The best thing I could offer it appears. I'm, I'm saying this with great fear and trepidation, uh, but it appears my Facebook page in the community section is functioning again. Facebook seems to have corrected that problem. It was not anything I did. It was when they changed their format back in June. Uh, I will not be able to answer the hundreds of questions that I'm afraid are going to be posted there now that I've said that. Uh, I'll, I'll look for yours, um, and, and I'll, I'll be watching for it, um, and I'll, I'll do that. Uh, but I just am so fearful. I had several thousand questions back in the spring, um, and, and I tried to keep up with them but they become redundant after a while about live oaks like the first hour was today. Uh, but that's, that's where I would suggest you post them. Uh, emails don't work because one person gets an answer and nobody else sees it. And so that, that's the advantage of Facebook. Um, I would, I would ask that you also look online at the land grant universities. What I was looking for is, um, uh, is, uh, uh and I'll, I'll give you some key words to use in your search. Uh, but, okay. and, and so hang on for that. What, but um, what I was trying to get with my questions of you is how far apart these are, if, if there's any commonality of sun or shade, if maybe this is, uh, if, the, if the browning areas are in more shade, because zoysia, like all other grasses, needs, uh, needs a lot of people seem to think that it will grow in shade, and it doesn't. Uh, so I was trying to rule that out. Um, I was... If if it's going to be a disease, it will be fairly easy to identify the disease. If you were to, um, uh, here are the key words that I would use if I were trying to research zoysia diseases. I would enter, the first first key word would be university. Second would be plant pathology. Then I would put zoysia, and then I would put uh, maybe one or two words to describe what you're seeing. Uh, Brown blades. And so you're putting that in a cascading down. You want to get into university websites, plant pathology, and and I'm going to look for uh, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, um, Clemson, um, University of Arkansas. I'm going to look for the land-grant schools where zoysia is common, um, and it, it will go up into the Midwest but those are the ones that I most commonly end up on and, and I'm happiest with the results. Uh, A&M and Oklahoma State are, are great, and Clemson is fabulous. 
uh, their things. North Carolina State. I don't know how common Zoysia is that far east, though. So that's okay. that's what I would do, and I'll I'll be happy to look at the photos. I think somebody needs to see this to be able to help you. Uh, the Plant Disease Diagnostic Lab at the Texas A&M Plant Clinic in College Station uh, will uh, culture this for you and and tell you if there's a disease involved. They do charge for it. Um, and so you need to make sure that you've done your own homework first before you pay for somebody to tell you, no, that just didn't have enough light. So mm-hmm. you know, let's let's rule things like that out. Okay, thank you. I'll let you move on to the next caller. I appreciate the information. I'll give it my best if you'll if you'll get me some photos. That that's a good start. Thank you, Joe, very very much. Let me uh, let's see what we have. Let me go to Lori and Carol. And she waited through a break already. Let me try to help her. Lori, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How can I help you? So we have a, a big cement retaining wall that is newly built in the back. It replaced a railroad tie retaining wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that we've got some excess water now um, in the ground. And we're trying to find something suitable to plant there. We tried arborvitae trees, and they died, unfortunately. Um, so um, we're, we're playing some other things, but doing some online research, we found something called a tricolor dappled willow that looks beautiful and could be a, a real showstopper. It seems to be correct for the hardiness zones um, for Texas, but we've never heard of it, never seen it. <laughs> Wondering if you have. All right. And what kind of retaining wall do you have, did you say now? It's, it's a cement retaining wall. Okay. It's cement. How tall is it? Uh, the tallest part of it is probably 10 feet, uh, and then it tapers down to about two and a half, three feet, and is okay. probably about 60 to 70 feet long. <laughs> and who, I don't need a company name, but was this, this was put in by uh, uh, a professional with uh, some physics involved with it, right? Yeah, they, um, it's, it's technically our neighbor's retaining wall, um, but they had to have an engineering company because of the size of it, obviously. That's <laughs> what I wanted to hear. There is a huge amount of pressure on the, on the, especially at, at 8 or 10 feet uh, with that oh, water. It's, it's essentially retaining their entire yard, including their swimming pool. Did they not put some kind of weep holes in that and some kind of uh, a gravel base at the bottom of it and and some means of water that accumulates at the bottom to drain away? There are weep holes in it. Um, you know, we would estimate that they might be a little high for where they are. But, um, yes, there's gravel at the bottom. Um, initially, kind of towards the the end of the wall, the, the shorter part of the wall, uh, I mean, water basically runs out of there all the time. We've installed a drain right there to catch the water to take sure. it out. Um, but there's parts of the wall. There's there's a there's a footer on our side um, that is probably about more than 12 inches wide and runs the entire length of the wall. Um, and there's portions of it that are wet almost all the time. Um, as it gets to the taller part of the wall, the the ground I, I believe is is drier. It's not as wet as as you get towards the shorter end of the wall. Okay. All right. So is the is the land up on top peaked like a roof, and then it sheds? Is that why that ground would be drier? Yeah it 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 tapers down to the wall. Um, okay. I don't want know, to get into all that. I, yeah, I, I don't want yeah. to get there. And how much ax? Where are you talking about planting at the top or the bottom of the wall? Well, all along the wall. We we, we would at the top like or this. the bottom. It is the top is is the soil at the top of the wall on their property or yours? Well, both. Their their yard comes to the very top of the wall, the grass, and right. then uh, then at the bottom of the wall is our yard. Okay, so you do not have access to the top. If you were to plant anything to try to take water out, it would have to be at the top, I would think. Uh, if you're just trying to get water out at the bottom, I would I would put a French drain in. And well, we've, we've installed drains um, to, okay. to take, but we're looking now for plants that will accept, okay. you know, water. All right. Well, I, a willow is not an answer to a, a problem, to that problem, I don't think. I don't know that willow. I don't know what it is, but willows uh-huh. are, are not an answer to any problem in my book. Uh, they're pretty and they're short-lived. 
I don't right. know that one in particular, but you know, to, for example, a weeping willow. It's a very pretty plant that will live eight or ten years, and, right? Uh, then it then it's a you have to take it out because it has bores and it has other problems. I I I think if it were mine, I would probably use I. This becomes a landscape issue at that point. What looks good in that setting? The hollies right. are primarily adapted to moist soils. Yopon holly grows in wet. Uh, soils in east texas so i would think it would be a possibility or some of the other hollies it, they're not going to be any bigger than a than a, a willow i don't know that willow i don't know what it's what is its size I'm, I'm, um, it says that it gets it's a shrub type willow and it says it gets eight to ten feet well the, there are plenty of hollies that are in that size range and i would think I'd, I'd use that against a concrete retaining wall just to soften the look of the wall the willows are going to be bare for four months and you'd be looking at it it'd be awfully stark mm-hmm. uh, this is a landscape thing and i'm 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 increasingly uncomfortable trying to answer oh. it without seeing it <laughs> sure it's it's uh, it's a very difficult thing it depends on depth of your backyard or, or the yard involved it depends on other plants in the yard but I would I would go with things that you know are from an area that that are suited to an area of of the world of the United States where it is very moist and that would that would immediately take me into the hollies because okay. they are across the southern United States and and that would be would be my starting point. It's what I've used in areas that have more moisture at the bottom of the slope in my landscape and they've done very very well. Okay. So you could you could have Nellie or Stevens if you want a tall one. You could have willow leaf if you want something a little shorter, and then you can go all the way down to dwarf Burford if you want something that's uh, chest high. So anyway, I got to run. I am now really late, but hopefully that will <laughs> help, Lori. It's a it's a wonderful uh, problem solver. I hope I was able to get you down the road a little bit. Anyway, sure. Good luck. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh huh. All right. Um, in fact, if you want to see my backyard and where all the hollies are. Uh, page is it 98, I think, or somewhere right before 100, uh, shows a lot, about 20 kinds of hollies in our backyard uh, of my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. The special sale for Christmas, first book is 36.95, the regular price, but if you'd like to get one to give to a friend or two to give to friends, they're $31 when bought at the same time and shipped to the same mailing address. That's a great, so it's the best uh, price cut I have ever given for a Christmas sale. Best price cut I've ever given, period, I think. And uh, so this is only good through November 15. Don't put it off, you'll forget. And uh, the reason I'm doing it that way, number one, the post office is telling us that they're not going to be as speedy on delivery this year as they have in the past. You've been hearing that the last several days. And then secondly, I, I, I can't handle the volume that we had last year at all. 2,000 books in two weeks, and I'm trying to get this done ahead of time so it doesn't all come cascading in at the at the last minute. So it's Niels Perry's Lone Star Gardening. First book, $36.95. Second and third books to the same address, $31. Now, this is a book that covers all aspects of outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. 11 chapters covering lawns and, and landscapes, flower, fruit, and vegetable gardening. Chapter 2 is that 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants. Satisfaction is fully guaranteed or you'll get a full refund. I sign every book as it sells. It's not in stores and it's not on Amazon. There are two ways you can order. I suggest you order right away. You can call my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, but there are some times that the office won't have anybody there. And so uh, uh, I'll give you the number, but uh, you'll need to call a couple times, perhaps, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way by far is to order online at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. You don't just want your... Thank you. 
This is Neil Sperry for Advanced Foundation Repair. I hope you never need their services, but if you do, you will be so glad they're available. Their estimates are absolutely free. Their work is guaranteed for the lifetime of the house. Give them a call for that free home inspection. 214-333-0003. They are the best I know from firsthand experience. That's Advanced Foundation Repair. 214-333-0003. All right, I think the recording is done. We're having some technical issues today with the the recordings. Let me tell you about Arborological Services, the experts your trees deserve. These are the only people who will ever touch our trees because they are the best people to touch your trees. They are the experts. They know what uh, trees take to remain healthy and vigorous in our area. This is where they work. They work only in Dallas-Fort Worth area. They don't, they're not a national company. They have a toll-free number. Makes them sound like they're all over America, but they're not. They're right here locally, 866-552-7267. For any of your tree needs, if you've had some uh, freeze damage, and you want to make sure that somebody who really knows trees takes care of those trees, call Arborological Services, arborological.com, Facebook, Arborological Services, Inc., Twitter, at The Tree Experts, no spaces, Arborological Services, 866-552-7267. I've been telling you about them now for more than 20 years. Nobody is as good as, nobody does it better than Arborological Services. 12 International Society of Arboriculture Certified Arborists. That's the team you want on your trees. 866-552-7267. Arborological Services. Gardening advice is only helpful when people actually hear it. And the same goes for telling folks about all the things our healthcare workers are doing to protect us from COVID. So share the word on social media. Remind your friends and family to say thank you to the front line. And now back to Neil. All right, Stuby, thank you very, very much. All right, folks, here is uh, where we are right now. Uh, if you have shade trees and they need to be uh, uh, tidied up before winter, I would suggest very much that any dead branches on oaks, like we were talking about an hour ago, be removed before you get into the wintertime. Uh, a lot of Schumard red oaks have some dieback in them. Get those dead branches pruned away before you get into winter because you don't know what's going to happen. They might uh, break in an ice storm or a windstorm. Same with live oaks. Certainly the same with Arizona ash trees probably need to be cut off. They probably froze out. Chinese tallows as well. And other shade trees as well. They spark elms were hurt by the cold. And uh, let, a, let a good arborist work on them if you're going above your head. Um, also be watching for brown patch in your St. Augustine. Uh, Azoxus strobin is the fungicide that you would use. That's in the uh, Scott's Disease X uh, lawn disease control. Uh, that will stop brown patch in St. Augustine and Zoysia. Mike Bass has been running the boards and uh, answering phones for me. Thank you, Mike. To all of you, thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. Happy gardening.